Hello, welcome to some Derps Talk About Games. I'm your co-host, Mango. And I am your co-host, Buddy. And today we're going to talk a little bit about the Stinky Pinky, but before we do that, Buddy, I want to tell the folks at home where this is on this podcast. On this podcast, we talk about games, but sometimes we also talk about movies. And I guess sometimes we talk about just like... Oh, man. <laughs> 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 All right. Just wanna, I want to pick a podcast over. Morbius sucks. Don't go see it. That's it. That's all I have to say. <laughs> all right. Well, pre-spoiler impressions, I guess. Did you want to add anything to that? Funny. I mean, okay. I did think a little bit about this. I did apply a few brain cells to Morbius, which I will preface by saying I did watch at 11 p.m. last night in a not empty, in a miraculously not empty theater. I at least thought the theater was going to be empty, but there were just like, like two or three other people there. Um, and, uh, boy, did I have a bad time. I fucking hate it. I like hate it every second of it. I think, okay, the thing, the thing that I think of is, uh, a noted film critic Film Robert of YouTube and Twitter fame, uh, Movie Bob, he once said that there are a couple different types of bad movies, right? And bad movie reviews specifically, right? There are bad movies that are doing something interesting, right? So you can talk about the interesting thing it's trying to do. I tend to like these kinds of movies. We talk about them all the time on the podcast. There are bad movies that are just like lol cows, essentially, right? Like bad movies that are just what that you're just making fun of them and that makes for a fun review right um there are there are bad movies that are frustratingly bad but in a way that makes you want to like rewrite them right and you spend the whole time in your review kind of making criticisms that are sort of suggestions by going hey, you could have done this this and this and then sometimes there's just bad movies it's just bad Right, and there's nothing really interesting or compelling to say about it, and that's kind of how I feel about Mor Morbius. Morbius is the exact. Actually, to to put this in relatable terms for people who've listened to the podcast, I have talked in the past about how people talk about so stuff like Transformers or um, well, Transformers is a really good example of this as like the worst movie of all time, right? Like Michael Bay makes the the worst the worst fucking movies. Right, and they are the Transformers films, and we're all going to point to them as like the nadir of cinema. And I disagree with that because they are at least interesting to talk about in that context. The real worst movies on cinema are entirely forgettable. Just like you, it it washes out of your brain like a temporary tattoo, right? That you didn't quite get on there all the way. Those are the real worst movies in all of cinema. And that is what Morbius is. Hmm. Do I agree 100% with that? I think I agree, like, mostly with that. Um, uh, I think there are some, like, fine movies that I've watched that have also washed out of my brain. So I don't think that's the whole thing. But, like, I, I think I generally agree with you. I was hoping that this movie would be a fun, bad movie to watch, right? Like, um, pretty famous. Like Venom, right? Yeah. You know, I so <sighs> The original Venom, I don't even think it was, like, bad it was just like hammy right and campy um, okay sure like and like carnage right was fine but entirely forgettable right like it wasn't like actively bad um something like the room is fun to watch right famously my favorite movie of this genre is the original mortal Kombat. um yep which i think has a couple of parallels but um 
this movie, like you said, it's it's not even like super fun to make fun of. The one thing I think this movie does have going for it is it is so nonsensical that I think like somebody who likes kind of like that cinema sins what we usually call nitpicky stuff, is going to have a field day with this. Yeah, um, definitely, 100%. And it's also going to be mostly justified, right? Like, this movie is, like, nigh incomprehensible unless you're, like, just, like, like you have to actively be, like, not thinking about what's happening, right? You just kind of have to, like, get the vibe that they were going for, right? Yep. Um, yeah, I also think that it is frustrated because, like, you know, the movie is not just text, it's also context, right? That's that's like a piece of the puzzle. And the context of Morbius also sucks. <laughs> it is the worst, right? Like, you know, I, I'm not a fan of... I'm not a fan of, like, the term, like, gaslighting, right? Like, what, what a small thing that's happened in social media in recent years is a lot of these terms from, like, psychology, sociology, psychiatry have been kind of, like, co-opted in a way that I think is sort of dumb. Like, your friend not wanting to hang out with you because they need to take a day to themselves does not make them narcissistic, right? Someone who has a different perspective on a series of events than you do and explaining that event, that their perspective on those events is not gaslighting, right? But Sony kind of does, like, did sort of try and, like, make this out to be a Marvel movie or, like, related to Marvel or, like, tied into Marvel in some, you know, in some form or fashion. All of the marketing was leaning really heavy into this, like, continuity stuff, right? They mentioned Venom in the commercial. Michael Keaton is there. And you're just like, whoa, and obviously I'm not going to go into spoilers. We're not in the spoilers point yet, right? None of that is in the movie. And it just feels like, what what the fuck? What the fuck? And, and on top of that, like the double layer of this is the ads make it seem like this is going to be like an anti-hero movie, right? Which is yep. not true. Not true at all. I, yeah. If, if, this, if this movie is close to any of those categories, this is a movie that I frustratingly do want to rewrite. Because I do think the version of it that is like that, that is more of an anti-hero movie, um, would have been much better. And I would have been more excited to see it. Yeah, uh, that's why they did the trailer can, that way, right? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, for sure. We can talk about this in the spoiler section, I guess. So, I don't, are there any other spoiler list thoughts that you want to get through? Uh... No, um, I'm just going to say like, so, you know, we're going to put up the spoiler warning. It's not important. Don't watch this movie. <laughs> like, yeah. Yep. Do not watch this movie. I don't know that I've ever not recommended a movie, by the way. A lot of the time I like to give these conditional recommends, right? Which are like, if you're looking for such and such and such, go, go see this one. I guess I didn't recommend Carnage, but you know, like, boy, there is just no world in which I would ever recommend anyone go see yeah. Morbius. Yeah. No, and, like, I, I'm going to say, like, very similarly, right? Like, we don't do it. Like, we, we offer evaluations. But, like, this is the first one I feel, like, very comfortable being, like, like giving an anti-recommendation, right? Like, if yep. you were considering watching it, don't. Right? Like, um, uh, uh, unless you want to play a cruel prank on your friends, which is part of why I kept insisting that Buddy watch this in preparation for this podcast. <laughs> <So> <laughs> Well, I didn't know what to expect because you know you were you were like legitimately interested. I don't want to say hyped or anything, right? Like interested I, I, in Morbius, right? I was. I was um, hyped so for I it was, to be bad. I was. Um, sure, okay, sure, sure, sure. I just wasn't sure if it would if it would kind of hit on that on that level, right? Yeah. Um. So. And it didn't. So you know. Um, and it didn't. Okay. So I guess. Ah, uh, spoilers. 
Spoilers. Yeah, so uh, part of the thing that frustrates me about Morbius and that I do want to want to like address on that Venom vein is it did seem like they wanted to kind of go that direction, specifically with Matt Smith as the villain, who I weirdly sort of like, but like kind of despite himself. And any time that the movie was playing into his weird affect and performance, it was cringy as fuck. You know what I mean? And, like, normally I try and go to bat for these moments because I think that they're, they're so hard to write, right? And it just becomes, it just becomes like, a really tough thing to sort of sell an audience on, right? Like, the what are those moments in Black Panther, right? Like, I kind of just give that a pass because not everything is going to is gonna work out 100% of the time. I think it's mostly inoffensive or whatever. But, like, the – I don't know why. Maybe it's just because I was really tuned out of the movie at that point. But all of this stuff with, like, there's this bit where Matt Smith is, like, dancing – in front of a mirror and putting on a suit and i was just like this is like really hard to watch i am i i find it awful and awkward and he had these little moments in otherwise reasonable scenes where he just kind of did this little like flourish that made me just think what the what i can what I can, the fuck i can tell you exactly what this is because i was i was thinking about this too because Michael Morbius has some of these too, right? Like the stinky pinky thing that I've referenced, right? Like is him like – there's a whole host of problems with that entire scene, right? But like um, – so for those of you who didn't watch the movie, at some point he goes to a money counterfeiter's lair and breaks the guy's fingers one by one and names them out and like ends it with – and the stinky pinky, right? Um, and I can tell you exactly what's happening here is Sony is trying – to do a Marvel movie, and so that and so that bathos that you know, you know I hate less than you do, but like at least it's like well worked into the character. I think you know. Tell me if you disagree, but I think at least even when the bathos is bad in a Marvel movie, it makes sense for the character, right? Yeah. In this movie, they try and do that, and it doesn't make sense for the characters, right? Like the characters are like not. Like, Michael Morbius is played as a super serious, super tortured kind of guy, right? Mm. Except when he's having these, like, lol random bathos moments, right? And it doesn't work. Yeah. I think that's also the same thing for Matt Smith, right? Like, these flourishes that he's doing, right? Like, it works a little bit better for him because we get a little bit more of that kind of, like, you know, like, uh, playboy, I guess, personality out of him early in the movie. But it's that. Yeah. Right, like it's them trying to be like, haha, and we're gonna have a quirky and funny scene because that is what makes yeah, the Marvel like movie Michael good. Morbius is literally willing to let his surrogate brother die because he thinks that the superpowers he has is such a horrible curse. Right, Lit like this, that is that's not even subtext; it's literally text. Yeah, right, he has the cur he has the cure, and Milo goes, "You need to give this to me." And, and Michael Morbius goes, no. And Milo goes, what am I supposed to do? Die? And then, like, that is that is the text of the movie, right? And then you have Michael Morbius going and doing and using his superpowers to, like, flex on counterfeiters in an abandoned subway station slash mall in Manhattan, New York. Which, like the fuck was that that like, he happened you know to I mean? over here at a diner like what the fuck <laughs> i just like could not possibly comprehend the series of events that played out to end in that moment essentially um and the funny thing is is i actually kind of 
like the moment in theory, just like completely disregard. Like, I think if you disregard everything, the idea that a doctor who is a newfound superhero beats up a bad guy by breaking the bones in his fingers and just kind of clinically going, oh, well, the, these are the metacarpals, you know, these are the whatever. Let's disregard the stinky pinky. It's, like, it's so bad. Like, I, 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 I can see through all these layers of shit, right, to where someone had a clever idea and put it in a script, right? Like, but just, like, but then you just got to put a bunch of layers of shit on top of that, I guess. Yeah, no, I mean, like, like you're, like, that. that's like a, a scene that I could see playing out maybe in Doctor Strange, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, yes, that would be a perfect example, right? Perfect example. Um, but you know, you know, Stephen Strange is kind of an asshole in the first place, right? Like Michael Morbius is Michael Morbius is like the world's like greatest humanitarian if we were to believe it, right? <laughs> like, you know, he turns it down. He's such a good person. He turns down a Nobel Prize in the yeah. op uh, the opening minutes of the film. Yes, uh, you know, he turns down the Nobel Prize because he didn't do it. Like you know, it was it was a failed what was the line, like a failed side effect of like a search for the cure for the disease he had, yeah. right? You know, and, you know. And, like, you know, and he's, like, you know, a nice guy, right? Like, dedicates his life to science, right? Like, you know, dedicates his life to, like, saving people. Um, and it just, and, like, doesn't have any of that hubris that we see. I mean, or the hubris that, like, personifies Doctor Strange, right? Like, um, which, you know, just to draw that, close that parallel. Um, yeah, so this is kind of why the movie itself is just baffling, right? On on more or less every level. There's also there's also other brief flashes like that where things are kind of legitimately. I almost sort of think that this is kind of a hack job, a little bit like something like the Suicide Squad or like Justice League or whatever. Like um, the the guy in charge of Sony is famous for doing this, where he just kind of cuts cuts the shit out of movies uh, in order to make them fit a runtime. And hey, good on him. At least Morbius was not three fucking hours. I guess. I can give it that right um but uh but the, the, but like I, I feel like there are a lot of moments in the movie that just don't play uh because they're kind of in like in isolation from one another I guess right yeah um no. like, for instance sorry well, so for the the two that I'm thinking of, one of them I guess actually works. One of them I think is just straight up in the movie, right? Which is there's a nurse. It's late at night. She's in a dark hallway, but there's motion sensor lights as she walks through the hallway. The light behind her turns off. The light in front of her turns on, right? So you get this kind of strobing off-on effect, and she can tell that there's something else triggering the lights, but it's just out of you know it's it's long hallway it's just out of view, and it plays out like a horror scene, right? Um, and that moment is actually pretty uncut. It's pretty much in the movie, kind of beat for beat, and it, and it's good. But the one that bothers me, and I think that is emblematic of this, is the the shipping container. Right? They're they're on this ship. They're just off the coast of Long Island or whatever. Uh, there's a bunch of mercs who are getting stalked by Morbius as he immediately becomes a vampire and succumbs to the bloodlust and is sucking the blood out of all of these all of these mercenaries and you can tell that it's shot like a horror scene, but it is edited like it is an action scene. It is cut to be essentially a quick firing action scene rather than any sort of horror scene that can build up kind of uh, suspense. Right. Um, and I feel like there's a lot of that in, in, in this movie, just kind of like all over the place. Yeah, no, I, I think, I think I generally agree with that. I, I would say that like something like, Again, this is going to go back to, like, some nitpicky stuff, but, like, I was overwhelmed kind of by, like, 
things just like kind of not making a lot of sense like at all like things seemed out of order which I would uh, put the editing like that that scene with the lights flickering right like I think that would have been much more effective if the entire time I wasn't going like what fucking hospital is set up like this right like what fucking hospital has like motion sensor lights that work exactly like this like who would do that right things like you know how is how does Michael Morbius have a giant canister filled with bats that he's hiding from the hospital administration like yeah because what? his surrogate brother i guess whose name was Lucian when he was a kid but then just became Milo and then that is brought up at the end like he won a card game against russian gangsters so he's rich i guess but maybe that, and that's how morbius gets his funding it's just like what right like what on like maybe because like it also it, the, the implication i think is that milo is like has been rich for a while but like then he says that you know i haven't seen you in forever but then he's like very familiar with like the female like the love interest yeah. And oh then, God. The and then the love interest dies, but she doesn't. Like, but she doesn't. Yes, she becomes a vampire also, which is explicitly not how it works. Morbius does not turn Milo into a vampire. Milo has to take the serum to turn himself into the vampire. So I. How did that happen? And there's there's a third vial of the serum, right? Like my guess is that like. In, like, you know, Morbius 2 or, like, you know, Spider-Man villains the movie, which is what they're building towards, I think, <laughs> right? They're going like, to, ret like, retcon it and, like, show a scene that, like, got cut from the movie where, like, you know, like, Morbius, like, happened to jam, like, the thing in her or something, right? Um, yeah, I guess. Uh, uh, Morbius is telekinetic with bats, but, but even though... Milo also has the exact same power set with the exact same, you know, serum. Uh, he is completely at the mercy of bats. The bats implicitly treat Morbius like a brother. He says that's text, but Milo, I guess, is not a brother, and the bats are willing to slam into him for some reason. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and like. That, that that feels like maybe it was a cutting room floor thing, right? Like we were yeah. saying, right? Because, like, you know, he – like, Morbius stood in, like, the, the bat chamber for a little bit. And, like, maybe, like, there's, like, a cut scene where he was doing that more, right? Like – But, like, like are, are the – when he summons the bats, are those the bats from the chamber? Those are just bats in the yeah, sewers. Yeah, they're just sewer bats, right? Like, yeah. They are, they are just the inexplicable – torrent of bats that live and by the way this gigantic cavernous you know like room under the streets of new york city that is easily like 10 stories tall and there are and and there are pipes in every direction and morbius summons bats out of all of those pipes and then uses them like the force to push milo into a thing yeah, I guess. I guess. Also, uh, like, like Milo's motive, like My Milo's, like goes from like breaking Morbius out of prison, like he breaks Morbius out of prison, effectively by giving him the the the, the blue blood or whatever, 
right? Yeah, the, 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 yeah, the blood, the red blood, the good blood, the actual blood. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, like, fucking, and, like, in the process, I have to assume, maybe unintentionally, lets Morbius know that he's taking the serum. And then Morbius immediately hunts him down, and Milo's like, okay, now I'm going to kill you, right? Like, why did he break him out of prison? Like, like, this doesn't, oh, my God. Yep. There was, like, I can't remember the details, but it also felt like there was something that was out of order. Um, also, like, you know, uh, fucking, like, everybody just happens to be in the right spot all the time, right? There's no reason for Michael, for, like, you know, like, I can forgive the counterfeiter happening to walk into the diner, right? Like, this is one of those things where, like, I'm going to complain about it, but just because, like, you know, once I've, like, been tipped over the edge, it's like, and then this happens. There's no reason for Milo to know what, like, where, like, where they are. And he, like, sees them kiss on top of that building, right? Like, because he just happens to be there, I guess, right? Yeah, and also, like, the, the, the implication seems to be that Milo has less of a mastery of his powers than Morbius, right? Like, if I'm making a Steel Man case for, for how Morbius sorts of sort of plays out. It's a little bit kind of like uh like like the you know the the Zod Superman stuff from Man of Steel, right? They have the same power set, but Superman it has technique where Zod has power, right? And the threat in Man of Steel is that Zod is figuring shit out that Clark has spent his whole life learning. He's figuring that shit out really quickly, right? In the middle of their fight scene at the very end of the movie, Zod figures out how to fly, right? He figures out how to focus his his senses on his fists so that Clark can't do the thing that he previously did, which was rip off, you know, Zod's armor so that he's getting all the sensory overload, right? Like, this is the kind of interaction that, that they seem to be going for, right? Because we get this kind of training bit with him in the bat, in, he's in the bat cylinder, right? We also get the the hearing thing where he's learning to use his super bat hearing powers, and we also get the thing where he learns to fly, and he flies away from his fight with Milo by. <laughs> Like I think it's supposed to be turning into to wispy VFX smoke, which fusing your DNA with bad DNA will let you turn into smoke. I guess I don't. I don't think it was supposed to be turning into smoke. I think that was supposed to be him hearing the the air currents and like him like using the air currents to fly, which still doesn't make any sense. But yeah, there is also a line earlier in the movie where he says that the bats weigh practically nothing. So does he canonically weigh practically nothing? Like, does fusing his DNA with bat DNA make him, like, 10 pounds? Which apparently means that he could be lifted aloft. Like I said, I don't think any of this makes sense. But it seems like what they're going for is this kind of, like, raw power versus technique sort of thing. And in that sense, you could understand how 
uh, you could understand how he's defeated by the bat Hadouken at the end. Or sure, you can, I guess, technically. He's kind of getting punched with it, right? Um, though not punched like in the movie Dracula Untold, which is another movie with bat telekinesis, where Dracula literally makes a human fist out of vampire bats and uses it to punch an a, like a medieval Renaissance army. Vastly superior movie. I just want to point that out. Um, but... Also, he is tracking Michael. So he doesn't have the mastery of technique to resist the bats, but he does have it to track Michael with hearing. Is that the implication? Like, uh, none of this makes sense. None of it makes sense. Maybe the answer is it doesn't there. fucking make sense. It just, he was just standing there. I don't, like, I don't even know what else to, what else to say. Ah, it's, it's I mean, movie. this <laughs> is this, the, the, the first moment that, like, it, like, really hit me. Was like they were like Michael's talking with with you know, Doctor Doctor Love Interest, um, you know about this cure he's thinking of, and like and about about with with the bat DNA right, and she's like, but at what cost? And my reaction was like, yeah, at what cost? There doesn't seem to be anything like particularly <laughs> particularly ethically problematic. Like I guess maybe the chimeric stuff. Like I guess would give somebody puzzle. There's nothing on his face. It's not like you know, he's like. It's not like he knows he's gonna need to drink blood, right? Like if they yeah. if they establish that, then maybe, right? The rat that they uh, the mouse that they use it on is perfectly fine. fine, and this, by the way, seems to be what Doctor Love Interest comes around because of, right? She watches the rat die. Like they go through this whole thing where he explains essentially the mechanics of this transformation right and she's like oh that's too dangerous you shouldn't do this this is this is bad and then it cuts to a moment where she realizes that the mouse that they that she thinks she watched die comes back to life and then it cuts to the scene where morbius gets more funding from milo and then it cuts to the ship where she is helping morbius make the like do, like do this experiment but on a person explicitly in international waters because michael says it is both unethical and illegal and i'm just like how did she get how did she get convinced what, did, what the fuck did he possibly say to get her on board with this when in his lab when he's doing this on mice she was like this is unethical don't do this yep also on top of that right like this, did like this is this is this is this also feels like and you know maybe this is me being like too much of like a like a vague law nerd but it's like does it make it any better that it's happening in a boat that's technically international waters like why not just do it in their lab right like yeah I'm also pretty sure that is not how international waters works the boat that you are on is still like the property of a place they, right? they, they did mention it was flying a panamanian flag which is like a typical thing that these boats oh do. okay sure okay all right fair enough yeah also i'm just a little like i i don't know man all of this it just i just don't think it makes any sense it just makes yeah. no fucking I, sense. I, again to steel man it right like if everything goes according to plan right like maybe he thinks he's gonna be able to publish off of this right and like introduce this cure to the world right like it feels like maybe there was like you know a thing here it's like you know like if I were going to, like, write this to what made sense, I'd have it be like, well, the mouse needs blood. He's like, well, this isn't a problem because I invented artificial blood, and that'll be fine, and that's, and, you know, it'll, it'll be, sure. I'll be, you know, I'll be a, a functional human being, but I'll have to, like, drink blood. That's like any other medication, right? Like, you know, maybe that's a little icky, and, like, 
but like you know it's like what the, that's the trade-off like you know you have michael morbius give like a speech to dr love interest and be like look my life's miserable and if i have to drink blood every day that'll be fine because i can't i don't have to hurt anyone because i've invented this miracle thing that they wanted to give me a nobel peace prize for right um um and then it turns out like you know it turns out that he ha he can't you know that the blue blood is ineffective for whatever reason like you know like you hand wave that right and then it's like a coherent structure at least like that like yeah. starts to solve some of these problems but like oh man. yeah i mean i think part of it is also just tone right you know something that uh that patrick willems said i i, I watched the the patrick willems uh podcast where where he reviewed the movie something he talked about was how he thinks that part of the problem with morbius and also sort of other of these sorts of comic book movies is that they actually have too much budget right that they they ha they are not you know, th th this is an $80 million movie, right, that is trying to compete as an action blockbuster when you probably could have made this as a $40 million horror movie just with the name, just with the name Morbius. You could have done essentially the thing that Joker did, right, which was use the use the sort of franchise potential recognizable IP stuff as a means to make a completely, you know different genre of movie but because morbius has this has you know like has this thing of uh, it needs to be an action blockbuster there's all of these decisions that get made and all of this stuff added to the story that completely ruins it right something that really frustrated me i mean i was checked out of this the movie a million times over by this point but something that really frustrated me was the moment where um you find out that morbius didn't murder the nurse right that it was actually milo who murdered the nurse and I was just like, where did just like like even even everything else up to that point being shitty? At least I could have given the movie some props for having the balls to have its main character, its titular hero, right, be actually just be a murderer. You know, be a Jekyll and Hyde. You lose control. Maybe more, werewolf is more of a same thing. A, a more yeah. yeah, right. Like you lose control, and an in, and a legitimately innocent person died in the process, right? Uh, nope. Uh, the bad guy. All the, all the guys that Morbius kills, those are bad guys. We don't care about mercenaries. You know, the movie explicitly goes, oh yeah, I'm a New York City police detective, but if a bunch of thugs die, I don't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> I'm okay, okay. I, that's how the law works. Sure. I guess. And then, uh, <laughs> and then like, you know, Morbius beats the shit out of these counterfeiters. That's fine. Uh, who cares? Whatever. He right. But God him, forbid... Right? Yeah, right, but God forbid Morbius actually commit a heinous crime. Morbius, by the way, who is a villain? He is a Spider-Man villain. And, by the, and I just wanted to point out, I typically come into these podcasts with, like, this wealth of knowledge, right? And we go, oh, well, actually, here's blah, 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 blah. Here's all, like, the lore, the comic book lore, right? Morbius is such a C-list villain. I... I don't know what to tell you. I do know that Morbius the Living Vampire was, in fact, a biochemist Michael Morbius who did a procedure in the comics to become Morbius the Living Vampire. And he is commonly sort of a, like, anti-hero protagonist, you know, sort of on the lines of, like, Blade. He's willing to kill people and he kind of fights the good fight, right? Um, but, like, that's about it, right? Like... He is like the he is number twenty down the line of like Spider-Man villains who just happens to sometimes be protagonistic, I guess, which is why they made a movie about this guy. Um, 
But then you have like the movies like I I it ju- it just seemed like that's there like, was that's what I was saying about like in the trailer the trailer lied to us right like they made it seem like he was yeah. going to be an anti-hero which would have been like a more interesting movie right they cut the legs out of under that scene because it's not him cut the legs out of the like you know Doctor Love interest sacrifice because she comes back to fucking life right yep. like they uh, like and they waste like you know the one advantage of having like like a, basically a non-entity as a character is you give the people who are like making the movie some freedom to do what they want with it instead of having like you know at least partially be beholden to the comics right like if you if you're really a, like a Z tier character then you've got more freedom to move around in because there's not a lot that you have like there's not a lot of people that'll get mad at you for like not doing it right yeah right Morbius who the who the fuck cares seriously about about Morbius lore right there is nothing sacred that you cannot defile if you want to make a better movie out of this um and they squandered it they completely fucking it was just oh I have it's 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 weird because like (laughs) Like, you know, I've watched, we've watched a ton of these movies, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, fucking Black Widow, dumb, but like, whatever, right? Like, this is like, impressively bad in like a way, in in like, not in a way that I'd, that I'd, you know, want to like, you know, again, I don't recommend watching it even for like the badness. Um, You know know what's, you know what's driving me absolutely mad? Because I've got it on the second screen and I haven't figured out a way to bring it up. This has a 70% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. And I don't know how. I don't know how. Like, like, I, like, what is a, what is a bad movie with, when it comes to audience score on Rotten Tomatoes? Like, I need to, I need to understand. There is, I refuse to believe that a single person I hate this so much. The top thing on Rotten Tomatoes is Morbius defies reviews despite being savaged by critics. Sony's Sony's latest post to Healthy Hall. Fuck. <laughs> That's all I can say, dude. Fuck. Shit. I can't believe this. Um, what, what would I think? The Last Jedi maybe would have really bad audience scores. You'd have people brigading that. I yeah, like- 42% audience score. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was like also thinking that like maybe you'd get like a like a a heady movie that like. You know the like the audience journal is like this is stupid. Why am I bothering with it? But like I like you know, doesn't seem to be like I can't even like, like maybe maybe like a bad indie movie that like no one watched except for the people who care enough and thought it was bad, right? Like, can I just say the the rise of Skywalker has an eighty six percent audience score. What the fuck? What? A- what are what are what are some like beloved movies that I that I think would have a high audience scores? Like what is what is the benchmark for just like like John Wick, like a really good movie everybody loves John Wick, right? This has got to have a really awesome audience score. John Wick has an eighty one. Per- John Wick has a worse audience score than The Rise of Skywalker. Hold on. I, I now. Oh, God. <laughs> Are you okay? I, 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 the only thing I care about now is comprehending the the audience score. Okay, here here's my thesis. The only people who respond to these audience scores are active fanboys, right? My evidence for this is that Zack Snyder's Justice League has a 94% audience score, which most who the, but this doesn't make any sense. Who is an active fanboy for the rise of Skywalker? I'm gonna turn into I don't even want to say turn into the Joker. I'm going to turn into Morbius, <laughs> the living vampire. 
this is gonna turn me into Morpheus. How? How? How on earth does any of this make sense? I I don't know what to. I, so, so so I think blockbusters might get a lot of popular like spillover. My theory is correct. Like so, I looked up the Green Knight, which was a movie that I was a little bit mixed on. Um, it has an eighty nine percent critic score, but a fifty percent audience score, which makes oh, sense. That makes sense to me. Right, as in, like, it's a little bit more of a heady movie that, like, if you're a normie and go watch it, you're like, what the hell is this? And, like, I, I know that, like, like people I know that are, like, more considered also necessarily weren't the biggest fan of it. Um, um, and I was a little bit mixed on it. So, like, that kind of thing makes sense to me. But, like, I just think that, like, any popular movie that isn't actively being graded is probably just going to have a high audience score. And I hate this because it makes me sound like, you know... You know, it's like the fucking proles will eat whatever shit you slop into their bucket. But maybe that's right. <laughs> Honestly, let's let's I mean, it you know, what reminds me of is uh, uh, David Chen just posted this. Wow. The Transformers movie has an 85 percent audience score with over two hundred and fifty thousand ratings, by the way. Um, I, 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 this is going to, this is going to consume my life. I just have to see so many of these. Um, the, the thing that I think is crazy about, about this stuff is just like how many things are popular and I have no conception of them. Right. So for instance, like people talk about like the big bang theory and two and a half men, like the most popular shows on television. I don't know a single fucking person who watches either of those TV shows. Right. Um, right. Like, and even, you know, in, during the height of their popularity, there are other shows that we would point to as shows that are much more popular, parks and rec community, whatever. Right. Like we could all just have conversations about each and every one of those. Right. But I could not for the life of you talk about, you know, I don't know these 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 other pieces. I guess um, the uh, I yeah. Wow. The, what's the name of it? The, the show that Rose that was Roseanne and got turned into um, oh the Connors the Connors yeah. So these are like yeah. my my parents watched The Big Bang Theory. My parents watched the Connors, um, and like and you know sometimes i think it's just like a thing to have on or like a thing that like my mom and my dad can watch together that's like not super like you know on her sure. own my mom will watch like slightly more niche shows like um i think like the time traveler's wife or something like that because that was like a book series she was into and my dad will watch sports on his own but when they want to sit down together and watch something together it's like the connors the big bang theory or like mash reruns <laughs> right so like it's, you know it's well let's what's the um I'm borrowing a phrase from from somebody I can't remember who, but it's like the the reason vanilla is the most popular flavor in America is not because it's anyone's favorite; it's because it's like everyone's second or third favorite, right? Like, or it's like it's something that's inoffensive to everybody. Um, uh, Lou in the chest says, "Oh God, I'm your parents." <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I you know I gotta say I and I'm a person that loves vanilla, right? Like that is an ice cream that I that I that I get all the time. I get that. I get that for sure. Uh, but boy, it is, I, I was very excited for, I, I was very excited for Morbius to tank at the box office. I really wanted Morbius to tank at the box office. Uh, like, I, if there were some justice in this world, right? <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I guess, I mean, it, it doesn't matter. Nothing, nothing matters. Like, you just slap a matters. fucking Marvel logo on it, right? Like. The next Marvel legend. Oh, God. It kills me. It kills me so much. What on earth? I, 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 I am. Can't. 
I mean, th- and you know, like it's not like Sony doesn't know how to make a good Marvel movie, right? Fucking, um, or maybe they don't for live action. But across, like you know, I'm excited for Across the Spider Verse. It looks like it's going to be good, right? Like Enter the Spider Verse, whatever. The, the first Spider Verse movie was was amazing, right? Like is one of the best movies I have seen in a long, long time. Probably like the definitely the best animated movie I've seen in in you know the best animated movie that's come out that I've seen in forever, especially when it's like skewed not like towards towards children, but. Yeah, um, uh, I don't know what what else is there to talk about. I the 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 end the the post credit scene right is um, I guess the only interesting thing to talk about. I mean, so so I so this is a thing that I don't think you can blame on the director. There's there's an interview. I'll try and remember to link it in the description that uh, I that I found. Some dude was basically like like I got an interview with the director and it's like. Hey, hey, th- this this wasn't your fault, right? You're a good director. <laughs> this isn't your fault. <laughs> and the director was very much like, oh, you know, it is what it is. Um, but like the thing, apparently the thing with the Falcon was that they had started building him into the movie a little bit more concretely. And then um, uh, fucking, uh, what's the, the, the fucking Spider-Man? No Way movie. Home. Yeah, No Way Home happens. And it, and it kind of like freezes them out plot wise. And so it's like, oh, I guess we're going to put him at the end coming okay. with yeah and like you know i like you know i don't i don't really blame them for that type of thing right like, there's only so much you can do but like no where does like this like isn't the falcon suit like premised on like him i just want to i just want to say it's the it's the vulture oh <laughs> right vulture. right falcon's the other one thank you thank you i'm sorry i'm i'm you know it's I, okay yeah no i i had the same question i was like okay so he gets magically teleported to another universe Fair enough. Where did he he gets teleported into fucking prison? Where does the vulture suit come from? The vulture suit, I will remind you, that does not come from him. It comes from the Tinkerer, who is another supervillain in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It does not make sense. You can't yeah, make me make it sense. E- even just... even if you like say like you know he he is smart enough to know how it works, right? It's built on like recovered Stark tech, and maybe like like maybe like like apparently they imply that there's a, this universe Spider-Man, right? Like, who wants to like guess who's gonna play him in this mo- in, the, in in this universe? Um, yeah. Um, maybe there's Andrew this. Garfield, let's go. Maybe there's Toby a this uni- There's a this universe Tony Stark, which would be. Oh. Is this is this how they bring Star- Tony Stark back into the the MCU? Is like, do they get like fucking who's who's the guy that would that would, could play like Tony Stark in like a dumb way that like Tom Cruise is Tony Stark? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, I in, in a certain okay. Here's my here's my here's my bright side, optimistic point of view. The one thing that I said that I said a long time ago uh, was coolest about this was back in 2017 you know, copium land of Zack Snyder's Justice League, right? The one thing that I thought, like, before Zack Snyder's Justice League, I mean, the one thing I thought was cool about Justice League was that they were setting up for an Injustice League, right? Where Lex Luthor breaks Deathstroke out of prison as the end of the movie, and there's an implication that Lex Luthor is going to be putting together his own Injustice League, essentially. Which is one thing the Marvel movies still to this day have not really done. Maybe the closest you get is Spider-Man No Way Home. 
by cobbling together a Sinister Six, which is the name of the Injustice League, but for for Spider-Man villains, out of the various previous, you know, movies, right? Maybe the way forward for Sony... You know, they have the rights to Spider-Man, but they're they're giving creative control of Spider-Man over to Marvel so that they keep making these gazillion dollar movies. Maybe the way forward for Sony is to make villain-centered movies sort of like, you know, Game of Thrones or Breaking Bad or whatever are sort of like villain-centered TV shows, right? Like The Sopranos is specifically a story about our protagonist, Tony Soprano, who is a villain. He's kind of an anti-villain, you know, but the fundamental underlying text of The Sopranos is Tony Soprano is a bad guy and he has ethics and he tries to get better, but he can't. He is too bad at doing that and he continues to be bad no matter what, right? Maybe you make the move that, maybe you make that out of the movies I, and you make a Vulture movie and you make a Doc Ock movie and you make a Green Goblin movie where Norman Osborn, you know, Otto Octavius, these guys are the heroes and, or the protagonists, right? But they, they do successfully rob the bank and create their doomsday weapon or whatever else, right? Um, I, I think, I think it's more likely to go, especially given the characterization of Morbius. Yeah, um, 100%. And, I'm and, super. And Venom is like, maybe you like, you make like effectively especially this is probably going to happen because of how popular fucking um the James Gunn Suicide Squad is is you make like essentially like heroic villain villain squad right like anti-hero squad right because like that's what Venom is that's what like Morbius is kind of supposed to be and like Vulture like in his own movie is like not like a terrible person right there's a reason that like you know like you know uh spider-man saves him right like you know he you know he's mm-hmm. he's just kind of like he's a dude that he does what he does because he like wants to get ahead not be like you know he's he's not like he's not like a, a, a man motivated by evil right he's a man motivated by greed um and so like you could you could like build like a, a like you know he's got a fresh start in this universe maybe he'll just be a good guy right like you know he doesn't have as much superhero competition so like maybe he can like spin it into fame Right or something like that. So I could see that being the way that they go with this. Um, yeah, and if there's any one thing about Spider-Man, it is that there are there's an infinity villains. Right, there yeah. are so many villains you can do with Spider-Man. Even villains that we've already done. Like I, you know, like Green Goblin and Doc Ock were just in a movie. But if you were to tell me that there is a new version of Doctor Octopus who is in, you know, who we are putting in our Spider-Man film, I'd be perfectly all right with that. Doc Ock is great. You know, he's one of my favorite characters in, in like that whole, you know, universe and oeuvre or whatever. Um, not to mention there's all of these like low level thugs. One of the things that, that makes Spider-Man great is when Spider-Man goes after just like criminals, like gangs, right? You know, you've got, you've got guys like Hammerhead and Tombstone. Tombstone, who shows up in the Spider-Verse, for instance, right? You, there's just a million different ways you can do that kind of thing. Um and I, I just sort of wonder if that's that's the, the best way forward. Maybe they do make their own version of Spider-Man. Or maybe they just abandon live-action movies in general and focus on the Spider-Verse stuff. Maybe the best part of Morbius was the trailer for the new Spider-Verse movie, which is apparently going to feature Spider-Man 2099, which I'm very excited for. I read all of those comics when I was a kid. They were written by Peter David, who's one of my favorite writers. You know, he's the guy that chopped off Aquaman's 
arm or hand, which is the thing that made me love Aquaman, right? Like, who knows? Like that. Maybe that's just the the way forward. Spider- I think you could also maybe do live action Miles Morales and and get somewhere with that kind of uh, that kind of a basis, right? Since Miles is also obviously a version of Spider Man that wouldn't necessarily compete with Tom Holland, right? Um, that yeah, uh, yeah. I was also thinking that like maybe you could do like um, like you no. Know, Part of No Way Home is they fix Doc Ock and Norman Osborn, right? Like, you could pull them in, right, for, like, this kind of, like, anti-hero league, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. And, you know, if they were being really clever, which I don't think they will be, but you could do a whole kind of, like, you know, these guys turned into good guys when they didn't have to, like, deal with Spider-Man. And, like, what are the implications of that, right? Like, who knows? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's tough because, like, one of the things that's interesting about Sony holding just the rights to Spider-Man and his supporting cast, right, is that, like, Spider-Man is kind of just Spider-Man, right? So, for instance, let's say, pretend pretend we're in a situation where Sony doesn't have Spider-Man, they have Batman, right? Well, with Batman, you get the whole Bat family, right? You've got Batgirl, Spoiler, Robin, Nightwing, right? Like, the, the Birds of Prey, Oracle. you got all of these different like versions of a hero you know, red hood so many of them you, that you could that you could make a movie out of right so even if batman is in the mainstream dceu in this alternate universe of mine right you could still figure out a way to put a guy in tights and have him be the hero of the movie that fights the joker and two-face and whoever else right you kind of can't do that with spider-man it's really just peter parker and miles morales and if you have relegated Miles to the animated universe that you made, which is a good decision, a great decision, I would even say, right? And you are relegating Peter to the MCU, which you're making your gazillion dollar, billion dollar movies off of, that kind of doesn't leave you with much, which is probably why somebody went down the list of Spider-Man villains until they got to number 19 <laughs> and saw, oh, Mor- Morbius is kind of an anti-hero who teamed up with blade one time that's that's our guy he's a superhero now right? yeah no now that, now that you see it like so close to itself like maybe they're going so far down the list that way that it's like we can't lock anybody off of being a villain in a you know a marvel marvel movie right so we have to we have to like pull out the dregs right like you have to get like you know yeah some i mean there's also a couple of other uh, there's a Craven the Hunter movie at some point, right? Oh my God, there is. I'm I'm not lying. This is actually great. They have literally done this. <laughs> they went down the list of villains until they found a version of like they found a villain that they could make as a hero to to the movie, which is Craven the Hunter, who is also kind of a little bit of a protagonist, right? Craven hunts Spider-Man because he literally thinks Spider-Man is a like is like a is a monster and he's only doing it for like the thrill of the hunt. But he actually does kind of over time sort of become his own mini hero, right? Next to um like next to Spider-Man the same way that like villain the, the same way that Venom does. And so, yep, that's what they did. They did it for Venom. Makes sense. They did it for Morbius. Doesn't really make sense. And they're also going to do it for Craven the Hunter in 2023. Who's excited? <laughs> yeah. 
Is there, uh, is there like a shocker movie? Because like that's like the that's the one that I always hear about, right? Like about like, oh no, he was in um. That's right, he was in one of the movies already. Um, he was in he was in one of the because I was like like Herman Schultz is supposed to be kind of like a vaguely kind of like down in the luck dude that you could easily make into a hero, but he was in uh fucking No Way Home. No, he's got to be in Homecoming, right? Homecoming, yes. He's Homecoming. one of the he's one of the guys with yeah. the things. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, there's a couple of different there's a couple of different shockers. I actually really love the the shocker, to be honest. Um, uh, I think the uh, I think the shocker is kind of the perfect like D list bad guy that you just sort of when you need to open your movie with Spider Man beating a guy up, you do it with shocker. Because he's just he's just so such a basic kind of uh, supervillain. He's a, he's a basic villain that doesn't have high stakes and doesn't like ever risk getting killed, right? Like yeah, his whole thing is he just wants to rob banks. He's a safe cracker, right? Um, and he just uses the vibrations from his special gauntlets or whatever to to vibrate the the safes open, which is just that's it. That's perfect. He's just robbing fucking banks. Reminds me of Captain Cold actually quite a lot, right? And Captain Cold is a better character and obviously like much deeper. Captain Cold's thing is that his dad was abusive but also a cop, so like Captain Cold has this anti-authority thing going. Um, kind of like underlining it. Plus, like, you know, as a member of the rogues and with the other rogues, they have their whole, you know, number one rule, never kill a speedster thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. This is this is, this is actually kind of interesting. Uh, thinking about if if you were Sony, what you would do, how you would how you would handle this. Oh, I man, think we're, I I think know, we're putting too much faith in them because they gave us this. They gave us more VS. That's true. Yep, 100%. That is absolutely true. Like I said, the best part of this movie was 100% the trailers. And to talk about some of them, because I did want to bring this up, uh, the bullet... Did you see the bullet train trailer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that a couple times. I want to see that. I have never seen it before, but that looks amazing. I love how John Wick but X has become a genre of movie, right? John Wick but on a train, right? Like... (laughs) John Wick, but with Bob Odenkirk. Um. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? John Wick, but a girl. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but yes, that movie looks good. I, I actually, so this didn't play in front of this movie, but I want to see every, every, everything everywhere all at once, but I haven't, it didn't, like, it, it, like, it was in my, like, movie app as, like, a thing, but there were no showtimes for it, and I don't think, I don't think my local theaters are showing okay. it, which makes yeah. me sad. I, I, I do also want to see that, uh, and I have heard about it. I also did not realize there was another fucking Harry Potter movie coming out, and it's literally coming out oh. next week. Oh, you haven't, you, like, I have been seeing, this, this is one of these movies that I've been seeing ads for, for, like, ever and ever, and, like, I want this movie to come out, that way I don't have to see the fucking trailer again. Like, I do sort of want to watch it, just because... And I is it gonna go? I, I I hope it's an HBO Max movie, right? That I can just like give it a quick view. I don't know. I, I guess I'm supposed you, to not because you, J.K. Rowling is super transphobic and everything. You know, this is like but the I just third movie in the series, right? Yeah, and the second one was Buck Wild, right? Like absolutely unhinged, and I just have to understand where the fuck they are taking it from here, like. <laughs> The second movie had plot twists about, like, oh, my God. It was, like, the main villain was a baby that got switched at birth with another baby. And 
is Voldemort's like sister or something, but she's also a cop that was helping the heroes the whole time. And she has this incredibly, and it's this speech. And I remember I was just like, my eyes are glazing over my whole, my, on my, on my head. Like I just cannot possibly comprehend what she's explaining. And she's explaining the genealogy of how she is related to this guy, but also there's this baby switching that happened. And her adoptive dad was a huge piece of shit. And so she killed him, but framed another person. And it was just like, it was absolutely wild. And I could not possibly want to know more, but also I just want to know more because it's so unhinged. Okay. (laughs) Uh, That was a very fun movie to clown on. Everybody clowned on that movie when it came out. Crimes of Grindelwald, like two years ago or something. Sure. I, you know, I don't, I was never a big Harry Potter fan in the first place. So, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I was also never really a big Harry Potter fan. Uh, I kind of, I kind of think the Harry Potter world could be interesting. Like maybe in a, in a world where J.K. Rowling isn't like at the, at the helm or whatever. Like if you treated Harry Potter like Warcraft w- with a bunch of different writers who are kind of continuing and exploring out this saga or whatever. I bet Harry Potter would be a fun world to kind of uh, like riff on. I, I, but to my knowledge, J.K. Rowling has locked down uh, all of that. So I, so I don't think you can actually do that without like fundamentally changing. Like, I think Harry Potter is like, like it has a lot of like, like it is written in such a way that like, if you think too hard about like how any of like kind of like the world building works, it doesn't make any sense. Right. That's like, true. Yeah. Um, like, a lot of things are very clearly, like, written for purpose, right? Like, they're written to be a plot device in this story, and if you think about it, then, like, it's a problem, right? Like, the time-turners, or, like, yeah. the sport of fucking, um, the, 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 the fucking sport with the balls that... Quidditch, yeah. Quidditch, yeah. Quidditch, Quidditch doesn't make any fucking sense, right? Like, I've thought, like, I don't think there's enough, like, to do a whole episode on, but I've wanted to, like, be, like, break down, like, rebuilding Quidditch as a game, rebuilding specifically Muggle Quidditch as a game that, like, would make sense, Right, because like they already took the step of like making the snitch not like completely obviating the rest of the game, right? Like, um, but like they make people run around with like brooms between their legs. Like, I think you could make uh-huh. like, a real sport based around like Quidditch that would make sense instead of being like, like you know, this like dumb fucking like you know, cosplay thing that it is. Um, I guess then that kills the point, but like you know, Quidditch, hope no, hope no, there are no Quidditch players in the audience tonight, right? Like, <laughs> The, the point the point of Quidditch in the books is to be a sport that Harry Potter can be the hero of, right? Like, mm. like very clearly, right? Like, otherwise you wouldn't write a game. Like, like, in the lore of the books, only one or two games have not been decided by the snitch, right? Like, mm-hmm. that is not a sport that makes any sense. Like, from like a purely yeah, competitive Not to mention that it is a sport where you basically cheat, like, I don't want to say cheat, but you get a huge advantage canonically out of the the equipment that you're using, right? Harry gets a special broom called the Firebolt that is insanely fast and much faster than other brooms. Canonically, it is better than the other brooms. Therefore, he wins because his broom is better, right? And it's like, why? Not only are you playing a sport in which only one person on the on the entire team matters at all, you are also playing a sport where I can just—it's a pay to win. It's a pay to win, Mango. Quidditch is pay to win. <laughs> yeah, but you would you would like 
you would expect like you know like this is that that's not like the worst thing in the world right like you know we have sports that are like that right like nascar is kind of like that right it's about the performance of the car like in addition like i'm not you know, I don't sure, know a ton about NASCAR, sure. and I know that the driver has like an important role to play. Yeah, but, and like you can imagine that like a West Texas, you know, high school football team that has like an insanely well-made program with the best pads and helmets and all of this other stuff would beat, you know, the famously shit team from Maplewood, New Jersey that won a game once in four years that I was at high school there because they have better equipment, training, etc. So yeah, that's very yeah, different. yeah. Um, but you know, like. You would also think that, like, like you'd see some of that, like, maybe in the world building, right? Like, you know, you have, like, multiple, like, you know, Harry Potter's the hottest Quidditch player at Hogwarts, and maybe this happens. But, like, you, you'd think that, like, broom makers would be, like, jockeying to provide the best brooms to, like, these up-and-coming stars, right? So that, that's not as much of an issue, right? Like, yep. I don't know. Also, yeah. you wouldn't put a yeah. freshman in the fucking secret spot if he's the only player that matters, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Also, it doesn't. Well, I don't know. I I do sort of want to redesign the rules of of Quidditch. Like, it doesn't make a lot of sense that people don't go really hard for the seeker. Like, if the seeker is the only player that matters, he would be treated like the fucking quarterback and the bludgers. Or no, I'm sorry. The Bludgers, name of the ball. The Beaters, right? Whose whole thing is about whacking the super huge metal balls that will canonically break people's bones, right? Because that happens. A Bludger beats, like it hits Harry in his arm and it breaks his fucking arm. Um, You would imagine that those guys would just go super fucking hard for the Seeker, but they never do. Like, the bludgers, or I'm sorry, the beaters and the keepers and the, the whatever the th- guys the who throw players, the ball right? is. Like, yeah, and the normal players are essentially playing an entirely different game to Harry and Malfoy, right? Right. Who are running around and, um, I don't know, yeah. Yeah, really my thing is just that, like, I feel like in a world where, they're called let's chasers. say, let's say, Chasers, okay. Let's say, like, J.K. Rowling sold the rights of Harry Potter to, you know, whatever, Blizzard Entertainment, and Blizzard was making a Harry Potter-themed MMO, and every new expansion, you got to go to a different country. Or maybe, like, Ubisoft, right? And it's like Assassin's Creed. And now you get to see, oh, this is what wizards in Egypt are like. They're fucking Egypt-themed whatever right this is what wizards in japan are like i know there are names for some of these schools right people clown on this on twitter all the time because the name for the bobatons is the french one and that means like pretty sticks like like bow is yeah, well the the one for brazil is called like castle brumens or something which literally means castle of wizards like <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that Morbius was so bad that you've given up talking about it entirely and I'm talking about fucking Quidditch rules instead. Yeah, I'm sorry, Lou. I wish I had a better answer for you. <laughs> oh, God. But anyway. Yeah, yeah, oh, like, the 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 um the German one is Durmstrong, which is, like, sounds like yep, she yep. took Sturm and Drong and, like, switched the letters around. Yep. <laughs> uh, and uh, what is the one? There's one in Massachusetts. Ilvermorny. What is... Ilvermorny. Ilvermorny. That sounds like it's named oh after Oh, my someone. God. Like, it's, it's supposed to be, like, based around, like, Salem, right? Like, that's, like, the... I cannot believe oh, it's named this after, is unhinged. Named after her old home in Ireland. 
Yeah, so J.K. Rowling legitimately uh, just does world building on Twitter on her personal website, I guess. All right, that's fine. Yeah, yeah no, I mean this this is where the famous kind of like you know you know wizards like <laughs> shit their pants <laughs> comes from. Shit their pants. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. I forgot that wizards shit their pants and then cast a spell to make it invisible. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it is too funny holy shit wizards shit their pants <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah i i in in another world maybe uh you could imagine that there would be something uh i don't know Something something interesting there. Yeah, there are four houses in in Ilvermorny. Oh, hmm, four houses, you say. The Thunderbird, the Horned Serpent, the Wampus, and the Puckwudgie. What? <laughs> the Puck the Puckwudgie is one of the four houses of Ilvermorny. It was named by Nomadge. Oh, I forgot that they have names for there's Muggle, but each of the different like every culture on Earth has a different name for 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 muggles essentially right um and the one that and the one that americans use is nomad hold on i want to go read off some of these names because they are like it funny. makes sense it was non different like like languages i mean i guess maybe it makes but like this also implies that like the entire like like this is also implied in the books right that like all like the magical world is like basically all divorced from itself right like aside from like your local council right i mean i guess that maybe that maybe makes some sense like I'm, I'm thinking of this from a kind of like a, like they're basically at medieval technology, right? Um, yeah, and so they're all separate except for like when they like go to hang out for like the wizard cup. I just want to find where there's a moment. This is another thing from Crimes of Grindelwald that was hilarious. There's a moment in Crimes of Grindelwald where Grindelwald says that the reason that he's like declaring war on Muggles is because he thinks that they're going to end the world right and he shows pictures of world war ii right so the thing that the villain of the movie is doing is trying to stop the holocaust from happening and he goes on this rant where he says uh you know like he he's like muggles no matches you know like no magique which is like the french word or something and it's just like this list and they all just mean don't can't, can't spell is what and it's just like the the dumbest it is the dumbest thing it is so stupid and i wish i just wish i could find this i wish i could find this list because boy oh boy and is that rowling because I, I was under the impression that like the fantastic beast series was a little bit less in her hands like maybe she no it is entire well not entirely in her hands it's directed by another guy but she writes the screenplays oh, God. she has written the screenplays for each of them which is why the opening of that trailer said from the you know from the Okay. From J.K. Rowling, from the writings of J.K. Rowling, from the desk of J.K. Rowling, something like that. And it was just like, holy fuck. Ah, I think I found it. Uh, uh. So, in the United States, they were known by nomads. which formerly be no mages or no mages. Other English language terms for non-magic people include cant spells and non-wizards. <laughs> in France, they're not as non-magique. Yeah, so it's just like all of that, it comes from that one speech. And I was just like, 
I cannot believe she created these different names. Can't spell. I'm dying. <laughs> basically the worst world building ever that I can possibly think of. Well, it might be a little <laughs> bit better than the world building of Morbius the Living Vampire. <laughs> that, you know, hey, listen, listen, fair enough. Fair enough. You know, it bothers me that they do not call him the living vampire. Part of the reason that Morbius is a fun character, just one last thing, I swear to God, is that vampires are real in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right? So him being an alive person that is also a vampire is actually kind of unique. In fact, Morbius is probably his most interesting when he's hanging out with Blade because they have teamed up because Blade is a half vampire, right? His mom was bitten by... A vampire when she was pregnant with blade then blade was born so he has certain aspects of the vampire that's why they call him the daywalker because he is immune to the sun to the sunlight right um and morbius is also a living vampire because he did this you know he did this fucking crazy thing whatever um also morbius is ugly all the time i don't think i've ever seen morbius transform in the comics i'm pretty sure he just looks like that the whole fucking time that he's around which is funny because you know you'll sometimes have these conversations where like you're back at the hideout or whatever, and all of the heroes are sitting around a table discussing their next plan to, to fight a supervillain. And, you know, it's like Morbius and Blade, and Morbius is sitting there with his, like, flared shoulders and his white and blue spandex or whatever, right? Anyway, that was just, that's a small thing. That's a small aside. What have you been playing this week, Mango? Let's talk about things that are not... Not bad. ...deeply cursed. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've been playing... I've been playing Elden Ring mostly oh hey me too uh yeah oh really so i think your experience can be much more interesting than mine since you know last we checked in you had basically spent five hours on the tree sentinel yeah so i did did, did i report in that i killed the tree sentinel no, so i killed the fucking tree sentinel we we missed a couple weeks so we we haven't we haven't talked since then yeah so i did in fact finally kill the the tree sentinel this is what this is this was the story of the tree sentinel i come out I I fight the tree sentinel a bunch. I decide it's too hard. I go and I farm that one camp of soldiers for five for five levels, and then I come back and I go. This is still too hard. And then I tell you I'm going to go farm another five levels. That's where the podcast was. Um, I told after you that not podcast, to do that. I will remind you. I told you I, to play the and game. I took your advice. After the podcast, I did in fact not do that. I just went back to to the tree sentinel and I put in more more reps on the tree sentinel because I kind of decided that um, at first I was going to go exploring. I was going to go try and do other stuff. So I started making my way north and like killing guys, but I just decided that like. Tree set. I my life was empty without Tree Sentinel. I was addicted to Tree Sentinel. I just I had to get him down. So I was just like, you know what? Fuck this. I don't care. It won't matter. I'll dodge all of his shit. And I went back to doing reps on Tree Sentinel. And then I did that for another maybe hour, hour and a half. Um, and I didn't get it down. But I eventually came back. Uh, and after all, it was only the the final time. It was only a couple of attempts. It was like four or five attempts. But the honestly, I don't really remember it that well. I just rem I like remember looking at my hands afterward right and being like wow my hands are shaking I did it I killed the tree sentinel but there's really like I wish there was a better story I just don't remember I just got in such a zone with the tree sentinel that the entire process was entirely sublimated hey. um and it was fine so it's either that like like the 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 truest dark souls experience for a boss is like too hard for you to like really get it's either that happens or it glitches out and you get a cheap win. Um, and, the, 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 and so, like, if you had remembered it, it probably would have been one of those. So, you know, this is probably better. You mastered it. 
You are now yeah. the Tree Sentinel Master. Honestly, I feel like the fucking Tree Sentinel Master. I want to go back and I want to fight the Tree Sentinel all over again. Just to, like, prove a fucking point. I got so good that I could figure out... Um, I could figure out when I was going to stance break him, right? Where it landing enough attacks, I was like, okay, this one's going to be the stance break. And I'll go, boom, and then hit the, you know, like hit the crit. That was a big thing. You essentially taught me the the nature of crits, which I wasn't quite getting on Tree Sentinel. I just thought that down phase was, you know, like he went down and then I could hit him for a bunch of extra damage, which is true. You can do that. But actually activating that crit animation did make a pretty big difference because um, I eventually got it to a point where I was stance breaking him two or three times. That was how I was doing most of my damage. Also, I later learned that the katana is a bleed weapon and I did not quite understand the mechanics of bleed weapons until way down the line. Um, but obviously when you land enough hits with a bleed weapon, eventually they just lose a huge chunk of their max health, right? Uh, which was another way that I was able to kind of like get the damage in, even though I was sort of just plinking away at, at Tree Sentinel for nothing. Bleed is supposed to be very strong in this game. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, which I don't really, I haven't done any bleed because I use hammers. So hammers don't normally have bleed. Um, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, and then and then what ended up happening was I started doing Stormvale Castle, where I fell into a very similar trap. Um, in Stormvale Castle, how did you how did you do the do the castle? Did you go right up front or did you? I went like left. sneak around the outside. I went around the outside. Okay, did you do the thing where you walk up that left side and there's a couple of guys and a dude blows a horn and summons a bunch of guys? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I farmed that for maybe five hours. And by farmed, I mean died uh, to that a lot. Because just it, it's just a couple of, like, small things to how the mechanics of that stuff works. I just found myself rolling off the edge a lot because all of my build as, as, as samurai is, is I have to dodge roll, right? Um, but there's like weird kind of like hitboxes with that stuff and the, and the, the grace there, um, that I was sort of starting from, uh, always went up that outside castle. So I was just sort of stuck in this loop of, I would go up there, I would make a bunch of progress. There was a knight in a room that you had to go get a key from. I didn't know this at the time. I was just exploring the castle. That knight killed me a lot, but in order to do reps on that knight, I had to do progress through the whole thing, right? Like walk up all the way. Um, and maybe... 25% of the time I would die to either getting pushed off the edge by getting hit by one of these guys attacks because there's a little bit of pushback with their attacks and and whatever or I rolled off the edge right so I was never really making much progress I was never really getting my runes back or whatever um and I just sort of died until I progressed but again I didn't really I didn't really care or mind all that much um I just kind of kept going and kept doing it then I got to another lost grace up top in Stormvale Castle where um there were these birds, and then I hopped into a cathedral, and I and I killed. A, there was one knight that I that I killed, and maybe he killed me fifteen percent of the time. And then forward a little bit more, there was a second knight with a pole arm. He killed me a lot. He killed me like thirty percent of the time. And then after that was a kitchen guy with a million arms, and he killed me literally every time. You, like if I made it past those first two knights. And there were times I made it past those first two nights relatively cleanly. I had had multiple elixirs. Um, I went and I fought that guy and who just runs around this, like, dining room, yeah. basically. Uh, I fought him about a zillion fucking times, and I died every single one of them. And eventually, I was doing some mythics with a friend of mine, chat to my friend Kyle, and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go back to Elden Ring. He was like, oh, well, where are you at? I was like, and I described all of this to him. Um, 
and he asked me to share it to share my screen and uh and he was like you can just walk by that guy and i was like really He's like, yeah, you just like, you don't have to fight him. There's actually a Lost Grace right on the other side of that. All you have to do is walk by that guy in the kitchen and you're fine. You're home free. You get to a Lost Grace and you start like progressing towards the boss or whatever. Um, You know what's even better? If you run run past him through that dining room, right, into the room behind him, there's an elevator Mm -hmm. back to the Lost Grace that you would have been running down from. Like... That is how I beat that guy. It's like I ran past him, I found that elevator, and I just like went down the elevator and fight him from there. And I had to do a bunch of reps on him too, but like I didn't have to fight through everybody else to get. I I just stopped fighting him once I got to the Lost Grace on the other side. Then I was in that big courtyard, right? Right. right. Um, and I had gotten very good at fighting those those guys. Uh, so I eventually just started farming the courtyard. And Kyle was like, "What are you farming for? Why are you doing this?" And I basically just said, "Because I can." Yeah, hey, because I fair. because and uh, and I would go and then eventually I found another lost grace. So there's lost grace right past that guy, and then there's another lost grace in a like a little castle thing, right? It's in the room behind. If it. you go through that whole courtyard, there's a little, there's like a little troll there. There's a bunch of guys. There's a there's a thing there, and that was the real one because what I could do is I could go out, I could kill everyone in that courtyard and get like. However many thousands of runes, And they're all facing the wrong way, so you can hit them in the back. And they're all facing the wrong way, so I just start every fight by stabbing in the back. I went up and to the left. There's a giant there. There's a couple of guys. I killed all of those guys. I later learned there's a boss right behind him, but I just never looked because all I wanted to do was farm runes. I was just like, I have lost thousands and thousands of runes so far. There was one point where I lost 32,000 runes um, in that castle because I had just gotten so deep. Um, And... And this is back when I was at the One Lost Grace by the Hawks. Because um, I went and I did the Hawks. And then I backtracked. And I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to I'm gonna farm all this other stuff. And I had had a bunch of runes. And I had 32,000 runes. And then I died. And I was like, actually, this is not that bad. Because I died to some, you know, like some guy. I was just like, well, I'll just like, like walk down this thing and do it. And, uh, and those Hawks threw a barrel. And I didn't dodge in time. And it blew up and I died. <laughs> That's... <laughs> I lost, that was is maybe the record of the the amount of runes that I lost. Um, That's how it goes sometimes. Anyway, so I, then I just farmed for forever, and Kyle was like, "You need to put stuff into vigor." I kept putting stuff into strength because my thing was I wanted to use Tree Sentinel's halberd, uh, okay. right? Um, and and he was like, "You really should put put it into vigor, you right? Need a couple points you know, of vigor, put, putting a stu- bunch of stuff into vigor really lets like you see the bosses and do whatever." Oh, I fought another boss in the meantime. Margaret fell. Who's like the first boss you yeah, fight? Yeah, yeah, you have uh, to fight him in order to get to where you got to. But yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that boss was really easy. I killed that boss in like ten minutes. Like really, once I figured out, you know, his sort of core rotation of stuff, uh, I got I got really good at killing him. And then uh, and then I killed Bo- God- Godfrey. Uh, I, eventually, I just got enough enough vigor, and um, and Kyle told me he was like, if you go past the giant, what I was doing is I was using the longbow to pull the giant to me. And I would kill him, and then I would run back and go farm other stuff. And he was like, well, actually, if you go past that giant, there's a Lost Grace there, which got me to go past the giant. And once I went past the giant right around the corner is Godfrey, right. who I would later learn is, like, the first, like, big story boss, yes. right? He took me a while. He took me, like, maybe an hour uh, to, to get down. Um, mostly because uh, 
he had he has he had a couple of combos that I was very weak against. It felt like he has this one five hit combo, which just drained all of my stamina. So by the fifth hit, I just didn't have anything left to, to roll. Um, the timing was also very very odd uh, with that kind of stuff. Uh, I died to the fire. You know, and this is a little bit of spoilers. Uh, he he does that thing where he pulls the the dragon head down. By the way, totally awesome and brutal. Mm. Uh, and. I died a lot because of how the auto camera works in that because it always makes you face him. And I later learned, Kyle told me this. He was like, you just, like disconnect the auto thing and just run behind him, right? Because he's going to do that big sweep. And that's a lot of uptime. You can just, you can just beat his ass, right? Um, and, uh, and, so I, and so I learned that stuff. Then eventually Kyle showed me on his playthrough because he had collected like every weapon in the game. And he showed me all the katanas. I was like, I want to upgrade from this katana to a better katana. So he showed me all of the katanas. And he said, you need to go find this samurai named Yura, like Bloodhunter Yura, in order to get his katana. So that's what I've been doing ever since, is I have been figuring out this one guy's quest chain to get a better katana to... I thought, I thought I was going to tell you to go find the Moonblade katana, like every fucking weeb does in this game what is the moonblade katana it's in the bottom of like a well somewhere in lingrave but it's like it's it's like a it's all it's like an inch katana but the slash is like a big extension on it and it was like it's very op early it was very op early on and they they patched it and they toned it down a bit but okay yeah that makes sense he did show me that one but i said i didn't i didn't want int the one the reason i'm getting this one from the guy is because it's very long which I like a lot, and I think is cool. I also figured out Ashes of War. I did not quite comprehend Ashes mm. of War at the time. Um, and the uh, and and I got the unsheathed Ash of War, so I can give that ability to this new katana. And I'm like, oh yeah, fucking let's go. Uh, but that ended up sending me kind of all over, you know. Oh, the other thing that that happened was I got locked by this trapped chest. Um, which I have told people, and they immediately understood. I got sent to this crystal cavern with these guys, and I died there a million fucking times. Um, and then eventually realized that I could literally just turn around and walk out if I was just... If I wanted, if I if I wanted to, I could have just done that the whole fucking time. I actually also lost an insane a, a number of runes in there. I think I lost twenty thousand runes in there because I went to a door. I fought through the whole thing, and I went to a door, and I thought the door was the exit to the cave. I was like, okay, this is gonna be like Skyrim. I'm gonna walk out the door, and I'm gonna be outside again, and it was the door to a boss room. <laughs> the boss killed me, and I was like. Oh, you know, okay. Uh, those runes are now locked in that boss room. I cannot get them back. So I'm just going to go the other way and maybe I'll find an exit. And I walked around and I, I stealth past all the guys and I walked outside and I was in this blood swamp and I was like, well, fuck. Oh, you were in Kaled? Mm hmm Yeah. Okay. Do you not, you didn't, you didn't encounter this? Um, I did not encounter that trap chest. I've heard about it, but like, I, okay. I've been mostly kind of been being blind and so I don't know. Where, like, where, where is that chest? It is in Limgrave. Um, there is where? a set of ruins, and it is by the samurai. Kyle told me, he was like, there's an overpass. You got to go southeast. There's an overpass. That's where the samurai is. So while I was looking for that, I ran into these ruins, and there's a chest in the ruins, and I hit the chest and searched the chest, and it teleports you to these mines. Um, 
and I was actually in Discord with a bunch of people while this happened, and I was describing this. I was like, "What the fuck? The chest was trapped!" And they all started laughing. Uh, and and I describe. I was I was like, "Now I'm in a, like a little shack," and they were like, "Yep, you are in the crystal. You are in the crystal mines. Good fucking luck." And there were a bunch of blood stains around me because the crystal mines were pretty tough, all things considered, just from like an eye level perspective. But I eventually mastered those. And there's a I, I found a. Um, I found a Lost Grace somewhere in there, and I just eventually started hard farming the Crystal Mines because if I did a full clear of that room, I got a level basically every time, and uh, and that was how I farmed up enough strength to start using the Axe of Godfrey, um, which obviously I had looted off of off of that boss. Well, you so I've been his his mark for it or his soul for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then my understanding is there's those great rune, which I also have not figured out, uh, but someone told me is a thing that I should do. Uh, so, so you you know where you were, where like the um, uh, where where like you were, we were talking about like killing all the dudes like with their backs turned to you. Yeah. If you yeah. if you go to the left, and you continue down there. That like leads you to the main entrance, and then mm. like so you know how when you're like standing. In front of the castle, you see this big tower off to the right. There's like mm -hmm. a long bridge. That big tower, you go up there, that empowers the rune. And then you can use... Have you found a rune arc yet? You probably have. Yeah, yeah, I probably have some of those. Um, so you slot in your great rune once it's empowered. And when you use a rune arc, it activates an effect. And God freezes, like, increase all your stats. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Maybe I will do that. Yeah, the other thing that I started doing was, uh, like, I'm, I'm just trying to unlock... The, I, I have found the verge, the place where Yura will spawn with the sword I want, right? Um, but getting there was like a huge pain, right? Like I came to, have you been to the Great Lift? Yes. Yeah, I got to the Great Lift and I realized Yura is going to be up there, but I need to activate the Great Lift. So I, then I looked that up and I had to go to these two, you know, forts and loot them to get to get like the two halves of the seal or whatever. Um, and then I went to the place where he was supposed to spawn, but I realized that there was a piece in the quest chain before that that I had not finished. Yura's um, first quest, by the way, was to kill a dragon, was to kill a boss dragon, which was pretty sweet. But I did that in like three tries. Um, Is that the dragon in the swamp? Uh, it's the dragon in the lake in yeah. the grave. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, <clears throat> uh, and so now I'm trying to figure out how to get the academy key. I need to get into the academy to do the next part of Yura's quest so that he will move to the third part of Yura's quest, which is where he gives you the sword, uh, in the Atlas Plateau or whatever. So that's sort of where I am with Elden Ring. I am mostly using the katana still. Uh, I did use Godfrey's axe for a while, which is pretty sweet, and I like it a lot. But also, uh, I just really like my I just really like my katana, to be honest. That's it. Um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the, that's the world that we're living in. Have you talked to um, Thops? He's the guy in the church that's like immediately to the left of Godfrey's castle once you exit it out the back. Once I exited out the back? Like, once you walk past Godfrey, right? Like, you... You can walk past Godfrey? <laughs> How did you get... Did you, like, walk around the... Did you go out the front and walk around the castle to get to, yeah. to, get to Lear? Jesus Christ. There's, like... <laughs> yeah. You can walk past <laughs> well, There's Godfrey. a road there. I just followed the road no, on the map. It tells you. And then there's this little cliffside path, and you can just go there on yeah. your horse. No, fair enough. <laughs> 
if you walk past Godfrey, then you just like walk out the back of the castle, and there's like a there's like a church to the left, and there stops there, and he's like, oh, you need to find yourself a key. I wish I had a key. Um, and uh, no, so actually, the easiest way to f- the easiest way to find a key without being too spoilery is if you walk up to the entrance that's like sealed. There's like a dude there with like a note on him that tells you like you know it's like a map to where a key is. So. Oh, okay. Uh, that is how I figured out how I needed the key. So first I went to one entrance that was like sealed off because I eventually I ran past all of this because um, I was trying to get up into the Atlas Plateau. But once I realized I need to go back and do this quest chain, I came back down and I found this one entrance that was sealed off. That's how I learned I needed to get the key. But then I just tried the other entrance anyway. I was like, well, maybe this is the back door. You're, you're like I yeah. can get in the front door sort of thing. Uh, and then I fought my way through the front door. Uh and I did that. But I did get that note, and I took a look at that map, but I did not comprehend where the key was. So maybe I'll look at it again, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's not oriented. Do you have, do you have like, the map maps you can see, like, the area around? No. Like, see, I never found the map fragment, so oh, I can't can, actually see the... Uh, so you can see the map. You can see the map fragments when you don't have the map. They're, like, runestone. Like, like, you can see them because they're, like... There'll be like pylons, and that's where like those most those markers that always have the map fragment at the bottom of them are. Okay, but so I have to find that in the lakes to yes, yeah, okay, yeah, and you know that'll make that'll make it much more obvious. I think like you'll be able to tell from okay. uh, from the map. Um, also, you could just look it up, right? Like you know, somebody will. Yeah, I mean, I definitely have been, like, I've been looking it up just because I want this one sword, and once I get it, I really have no idea what I'm going to do. To be honest, I I have very mixed feelings. People have been talking a lot about, like, the UX of this stuff, where people are like, oh, not having, you know, whatever, not having quests in a journal is is good, Ubisoft icons is good, and all this other stuff. But I just kind of find myself, like, looking at maps where I can turn on those Ubisoft icons and doing that. So what's the fucking difference? I guess. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it. You know, your game. You do what you want. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like. I never found that samurai that you're talking about. I killed the dragon in the lake, um, and I didn't like. I never found that teleporter um, that you're talking about. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but I do kind of like the like. I've looked up some stuff. Like I do like the immersion elements, right? Like, there's like a hidden cave in Kalid that like there were like three fucking things in front of that was like hit here. Like, you know, there's, there's a hidden thing here, right? So I went and hit it, right? Um, uh, and, you know, I think I think as, like, a piece of, like, lore and as a piece of content, you will like Star Scourge, Radon, and you will like Blade. So whenever you're done doing whatever you're doing, oh, you might have... I think getting to Altus Plateau might advance the, advance the quest line. You should probably... If, if you're looking Talk to Thops? No, no, it's not Thops. That's not important. Oh, okay. Once you get to the academy, right, do the academy, do the whole academy, go behind the academy, there's a manor on the hill, do that. Okay. Then you'll talk to Rani, who's like everybody's favorite waifu, and then you'll then you'll do that quest line. And if you can talk to Blade, and he tells you to go deal with Star Scourge Radon, do that, because I think you'll like Radon, and I think you'll like kind of like okay. the stuff that happens there. Very cool. Yeah. This is the crazy thing about this game, right? Like, mm-hmm. you can, like, skip, like, 90% of everything, right? Like, you walked past that castle, right? Like, people don't always realize, but you, you only have to kill two of the big bosses, right? Um, Wait, really? Yeah. 
Um, or like that's that's okay. that is what is necessary to advance the game to the NXT. I think. Like, once it happened, you've you've made it to the round table hold, right? Like you haven't managed. Yeah, to yeah, 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 yeah. Um, like once you get to a certain point, um, the uh, oh man, um, did you talk to the woman that gives you the jellyfish ashes? I do have some ashes, but I don't think I have jellyfish ashes. There's so along the path, there's like a set of like this is in Limgrave along the path to the castle. There is a shack with a woman in it that's, like, crying. Okay. And if you talk to her, eventually she will move to the round table hold. And then eventually, if you do enough stuff with her, she gives you the ability to upgrade your ashes to make them better. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I have yet to use the ashes. Really? Uh, though I am reliably informed that it would make these bosses, like, way easier. Yeah, I just... I don't know. I don't want to. I haven't enough. been summoning people, and I haven't been using ashes. I just kind of want to do the bosses straight up. Uh... So hey, whatever makes whatever works for you, right? Like, yeah. If it, if it makes you happy, it makes you happy. You're gonna be one of these guys. Like, there's like a great video online of somebody like doing Margit, just like you know, totally naked, like something to parry, and like uh, a, like a stick, and he just like like dodges every attack perfectly and parries it, and then like in downs the dude, right? Like. I can see you like getting to that that point, right? Like, you know. Yeah, I just I I'm I'm living this these these samurai dreams at the moment because it is actually very satisfying to do, I don't know, samurai stuff. That that's the thing that I like about this Ash of War is like the unsheath because what you do is you activate it by sheathing your your sword and then you can either do a a quick horizontal slash or a quick vertical slash whether you do light attack or heavy attack, which is what I really like about that Ash of War and why I'm like sticking to it, even though it's like. I command the kneel with Godfrey's axe. We slam the ground a bunch of times. Like that's cool, and I like that. Uh, but I don't know. I'm I. I it, it is. It feels never practical to do that in combat. Yeah, it's 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 it is tough to sometimes find the moments. Um, like like a lot of the slower ones are okay against bigger enemies, right? Like um, like I have I I'm using a tower shield, so I'm mostly doing like I have shield barricade on that, but um. Mm. Uh, on my hammer, I've got like the. I don't have Horror Frost Stomp as a real popular one for a while. This one is a a sweeping cold attack, um, and like anytime I go to use it against like a group of enemies, they'll like knock me out of the animation before I get it done. But like against big bosses, right? Like I've got enough time, like while they're in the middle of an animation, to do this big long sweep, and it does a bunch of frost damage to them, and uh, I enjoy it. So you know, uh, yeah. Um, have you done any of the? Have you done any of the multiplayer stuff? Mm, not really part i i have fought one battle uh so in round tree hold where you can go down to that place yeah. Ky kyle was there and he was like you just just jump off that that ledge and i was like really and he was like yeah yeah just like jump off that ledge and like walk forward and i did that and a guy spawned with a scythe um and i i whooped his ass Though I later learned I had no manners because the thing you're supposed to do is <laughs> you're supposed to do an emote when you, when people start in these fights you they they do you do like an emote some people bow some people wave or whatever um, I just started wailing on this guy <laughs> and, I, and I think I chained like two or three of my unsheaths in a row which I have to imagine was just like the ultimate it's like um, 
uh, like cannon rushing in StarCraft, right? Just like, who the fuck uses the default katana in these duels, right? Well, I mean, but he just, he couldn't figure out a way to stop me from unsheathed smash, unsheathed, you know, well, smash, and that breaks his guard, and then I crit him and I killed him. That's that's not a real person. That's like a, that's like an NPC invader. Oh, it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. That makes sense then. Yeah, yeah. Um... So yeah, like you know, it took me a handful of tries to to kill him because I like he like I did him relatively early, and it's also kind of like one of those like you know I was telling you the shape of your shield matters. That site mm -hmm. gets around your shield pretty pretty well. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, um, but yeah, like no, like like you, right? Like at a certain point, like I would run up, and while he was spawning, I would get behind him and do like a, a backstab with the hammer while I could. Um, <laughs> But yeah, um, and like I. So have you beaten the game? No. Um, okay. I'm actually behind a lot of people that I know, right? Like I'm like level seventy-five ish. I have done most of Kaled, and now I'm doing like he unlocks like an underground city. Like, have you done? Have you gone down like the Sea for Well or any of that? Yeah. So he unlocks a different part of the underground part, and uh, I think I might have actually just finished most of that. I did. And now yeah, I'm... all I did in Kaled was I did those mines where I got to the boss and then dipped out when I lost all my runes. And then I did the village in the north that unlocks... Have you got a Dragon Barrow? I have been in Dragon Barrow, but I haven't done it yet. Dragon Barrow also was like a million... I think I'm level 40 right now. And part of that was just I was farming these fucking dragons. Each of those dragons, which you can fight on horseback and they're pretty easy. Um, each of those dropped 3,000 runes. I killed like four of them. And I was like, Jesus Christ, this is easy as fuck. And then the fort that you need to get the piece of the the lift from has these bats in it. And those bats each were like 800 runes each. And I was just farming these these bats with... Because the, the Godfrey, uh, Godfrey's axe is really good against the bats because um, two hits stat, like broke their guard. And then you could just kind of chain like ground light attacks because it just chops down under the, into the ground. And when the bats are broken, they just fall flat on their back. And it was just, that was like the freest shit. I, I farmed like five levels there just because I was like, this is, this is e like the easiest. No, no, that's, that, that, that is fair. Right. Like I, I haven't tried yeah, though. There is a wraith on the top floor that kicked my ass. And then I left yep. because I had already gotten the, the seal at that point. Yeah. Hey, I, you know, like I haven't tried any of that yet just cause like I hadn't, wound around to it yet but like like a level for me is like thirty five thousand runes at this point so oh, wow. you know yeah so like it you know like apparently that one of the big tricks um if you want to like power level is there's a teleporter that'll bring you even further north of that to like where there's this beast cleric thing um the beast cleric is like a an, an interactable npc but in front of him it's like an optional dude that's like he's like a big tall statue looking thing with like a big thing Apparently he's worth eighty thousand runes, um, and he's he's tough. Like I haven't beaten him yet, but like people are saying that you can kind of cheese him with like a like a bleed stick or something. Or at least I heard that somewhere. Mm. I don't know if it's actually true, but like you can get to it very early. He's worth eighty thousand runes. So if you can, if you're good enough to beat him immediately, that's like you know, thirty probably levels, <laughs> um, like right off the bat. And so it's like what like apparent apparently the any percent is down to eighteen minutes on Elden Ring. So you wow, know, yeah, yeah. I was watching some speedruns. My friend Patrick was doing. Not quite speed runs, uh, but like he gave himself plus nine lightning fist weapons, and he was just um, killing. He was just going through, 
running past everything, dodging everything, and then fighting bosses. Um, and I was amazed at how quick that process was. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I the way I play it is I usually fight things, like, the first time I see them, just to kind of, like, experience it. But then, like, if I'm, like, running to a boss or whatever, I'll just run past everything. Like, um, I mean, most bosses are better, or most bosses in this game have, like, a stick of Marika near them, so you don't have to, like, go too far, but... Yeah. Um, yeah. I, uh, I got, I've gotten, like, I've had to do a handful of attempts on, like, like, uh, a handful of bosses, but most of them have been, like, 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 the, there's, like, a, a hidden, like, the hidden thing I was telling you about, the boss there was tough, because there's, like, three chunky, like, three chunky hard-to-poise-break guys that, like, mm -hmm. I was having trouble dealing with multiple of them, um, and then, like, there's, like, some gargoyles in this, this sunken city, but, like, most of them have been like not super hard to, to get through. It's been like a couple of attempts and your Gucci, but yeah. Um, well, I have no plans on putting it down anytime soon, though the new Total War patch comes out tomorrow, so I'm probably going back to Total War Warhammer 3 for a while. Um, and uh, Fun stuff. And I guess we'll check in next week, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't think I've got anything <laughs> else. Oh my god, as we're doing Sonic. It's going to be Sonic next week, no, right? I, I, I cannot see it this weekend, so we're going to do it the next week. Oh, okay. Sure, sure, sure. Um, my, my ticket is for the 13th. Um, uh, yeah, I also want to see the new Michael Bay movie that comes out this weekend, Ambulance. Oh, uh, the I've one seen with, like, a Jake million trailers. Yeah, 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 with Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, that is that looks like a perfect. I I want to see that movie so bad. The, it reminds me a lot. There was a while where I was in this sort of like action movie, like 90s action movie phase. I watched like Speed. Um, uh, you know, the hunt for red October, which is maybe more of a thriller or whatever, just like a bunch of these sorts of movies. Um, and that ambulance movie is exactly that kind of thing, right? This just like very nineties action movie premise. Uh, so I'm excited to, to take a look. Uh, honestly, I have, I looked at that and I was like, I have no interest in this at all. Um, yeah. Was there anything else that I, I wanted to, to see that's coming out? Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Oh, bad. I kind of want to see bad guys just because I've seen a ton of ads for it. and It looks cute. Um, and you know, there's, they, they play that song in the beginning, uh, or during the trailer, which, uh, you know, is an earworm, quite an earworm to me at least. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you want to talk about anything else or should we wrap it up for overtime? No. Yeah. We're way over time. All right, well, if you want to tell us what you thought about Morbius or literally anything else, you can email us at nerdsplaygames at gmail.com or podcasts.nerdsplaygames.com. You can follow us at twitch.tv slash nerdsplaygames, but these go out live. Um, you can follow us on YouTube, follow us on uh, SoundCloud, rate, review us, wherever you, you can find us. Um, uh, I think that's it for me. But do you have anything else you're looking to promote? Uh, this week I will definitely be streaming, though I can't remember what or I don't know what. Uh, I'll be streaming, and we're also going to do movie night, though. I need to actually see what movie won the poll. So those two things are definitely happening this Friday, but otherwise, that is it. All right. Well, in that case, I'm going to say uh, until next time, your listeners. Until next time, loyal listeners.